0: Content of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice.
1: Today, on the lab report, what in the world is an eicosanoid? Why we'll, do we care? We're gonna
0: find out, has something to do with inflammation and fatty acids.
1: It's a fun word to say. Mm-hmm.
0: The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options. more effective treatments and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to The Lab Report. I signed you up for a challenge, Michael. Okay. I know you like to sing, right?
1: Well...
0: How about singing on the podcast? Hello! <laughs> hey, Michael Chapman.
1: Patty Davers. How was that? How'd I do? No, what are you talking about? What is... What, what are we... What am I singing?
0: Okay, so the marketing team calls me. Okay. Um, our friend, Brittany, who's a nurse practitioner in Nashville... Hi, Brittany. <laughs> ...posted on social media her lip-syncing to Encanto songs and what? says that she either listens to Encanto or the Lab Report podcast in her car. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Hi, Brittany. And so with that who said, well, what if we have Bruno on the podcast? And she said, or you could just sing. And I said, that's a great idea for Michael Chapman.
1: So you're just volunteering that's me right. for things. To I mean, the good news is that I am a big Lin-Manuel fan. The bad uh-huh. news is it might take me a minute because Encanto is just now making the rounds in my right. house. I mean, if we were to go back a little bit like into the realm of Moana uh, or um, certainly, I mean, Hamilton, <laughs> if we want to really talk about it. Uh, I, I might need a minute. I guess. Okay. That's All fine.
0: right. So. Well, pending. Britt, keep your keep your ears peeled.
1: Keep your ears peeled. Ouch. This is a, a podcast, by the way. It's called The Lab Report. Thank you for joining us, and it's uh It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Genova. It's where we talk about things like specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, functional and precision medicine, and uh, glad to have you.
0: Yeah, if you're new, welcome. If you're returning, thank you so much for all of your support. Hopefully you would have gone to iTunes or Spotify, perhaps subscribe to the show. Don't forget to rate, review, download, share with your friends. And
1: as always, yeah. if you have suggestions for better content, ways that we can improve, or just general gripes, complaints, and grievances, <laughs> you can send them to podcast at net. That is our email address. You could also
0: shout out to us on social media, much like Britt and Jonathan, some of our friends out there, at Genova Diagnostics.
1: So with respect to Encanto, yeah. I will say that uh, one of my daughter's classmates, they're six, right? So we're uh-huh. talking about first graders. And so my daughter had a classmate that saw it for the first time and right? reported back to her, this was a, a boy classmate. Okay, And he said, there's a lot of girls in it, <laughs> was his review. Was his Rotten Tomatoes first grader <laughs> review of Encanto was that there's... There's too many girls <laughs> in it, which sounds exactly like
0: like a first grade boy. Yes, yes.
1: that's awesome. Anyway, let's get the brass tacks here. What are we talking about today?
0: Icosanoids, and I really like the way you said it in the intro.
1: Icosanoids. It's a fun word to say. It is. I mean, it really is. And um, the the thing about it is that it doesn't give you any sort of idea what they're for, right? <laughs> it there's does not. there's no meaning hidden in that word, like there are hidden, like is hidden in so many of our kind of Latin root type words. Well, so what we, we're we going to have to really go back and figure out what well, we're
0: talking about. Actually, there's kind of a hint in it. Get out of here. Because Ico E-I-C-O, is Greek for 20, and eicosanoids are derived from 20-carbon chained fatty acids.
1: See, this is the type of naming convention that happens when you leave it up <laughs> to molecular biologists. Exactly. and 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 chemical scientists right. rather than biologists who would actually name something according to its what function. it's doing,
0: yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, that's not Sorry if
1: I offended anyone out there. <laughs>
0: Way to go, alienating more people <laughs> in the audience, Michael. Well, co- Icosanoids, like we said, come from 20-carbon-chained fatty acids. But what are they? 20-carbon-chained no. fatty acids?
1: No, Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how you want to define it but i tend to think of them as these certain molecules that are involved in the inflammatory process which is uh interesting because it's why it's a big reason why we talk about fatty acids in general you know Mm -hmm. the omega-3s omega-6s and so Mm -hmm. um the importance of those things i think to a good extent ends up relating to how these eicosanoids and some of the other family of molecules end up being produced I don't know if that's right. I, right. I mean, I, it's right. there's a lot of tumbleweeds blown around up there, <laughs> cobwebs on this material that hasn't been brushed up on in a long time. So feel free to correct me. But when I think of eicosanoids, I think about inflammation mediation.
0: Yeah. Well, think about things when they're inflamed in your body, right? We always talk about it turns red, ruber. Yeah. It gets hot, calor. Yeah. It hurts, dolor. dolor. And it swells. Do more. Right. And so the eicosanoids are responsible for all of the little molecule, molecules going to, to do those actions, to vasoconstrict, to have things aggregate, to have things vasodilate.
1: So they have physiologic consequence. They're, they are They're do. somewhat like cytokines in mm-hmm. that they, they, they create biologic response. So they're kind of signaling molecules. They're almost like a hormone in a way.
0: Yep, some people call them local hormones because they don't act on things further away in than their, in their immediate environment.
1: Nobody calls them that fatty. Nobody calls sure them, you do. can't make things up. Oliver. What? You can't make things up. It's not how it works. Okay, so these things uh, assist in inflammation and in the inflammation process. But, like, we, we talked about how they're fatty acids. What, so what? So how does it relate to what we think of as omega-3s and omega-6s? Because when I yeah. let's face it. Right. When we're talking about fatty <laughs> acids, if ever then, I mean, we talk about them, and probably the people listening, <laughs> the handful, and my mom, who doesn't talk about fatty acids. But if we're talking about fatty acids, how does that relate to eicosanoids?
0: All right. So when you think about inflammation, a lot of people think about things like red meat, which contains a lot of arachidonic acid. I don't. Which is one of the prime players in inflammation. I don't think in about inflammation. I think
1: about delicious.
0: <laughs> well. I think about A1. Arachidonic acid is probably one of the prime... Suspects as it relates to creating eicosanoids and furthering the inflammatory cascade.
1: Arachidonic acid, yes. which is, in and of itself, an omega-6 Correct. fat, right? Correct. And it's part of the omega-6 pathway. We think of some of our essential fats like uh, alpha linoleic acid, ALA, and then that ultimately can go down and turn into arachidonic acid. But to your point, you can get arachidonic acid directly from your diet, and it's very high in animal products, Mm -hmm. not as high in the grass-fed animal products.
0: Right, right. And so then you, you eat arachidonic acid in something like red meat. And over time, that fatty acid gets taken up into the cell membrane, the phospholipid cell membrane of our cells
1: okay so if you think back to like cell biology right you've got mm-hmm. the cell and it's got its little nucleus with the dna and then it's got the mitochondria and all these other things endoplasmic reticulum which is just fun to say mm-hmm. and you're saying that that the membrane what what surrounds the cell has that phospholipid bilayer and that what somehow arachidonic acid is part of the phospholipid bilayer how does that part work
0: Yeah, so arachidonic acid is part of the phospholipids, and what happens is if there's some kind of a trigger, like cytokine release, some kind of a a trauma or a stimuli, there's an enzyme that gets released called phospholipase, and what it does is it cleaves arachidonic acid from that phospholipid bilayer and starts down the cascade of inflammation.
1: So this enzyme, phospholipase, it kind of goes around and is like... We need some inflammation going on around here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into the cell membrane, snip, snip, right. release some of the arachidonic acid that is stored within uh, the, the phospholipid. Primarily, we're thinking about things like uh, phosphatidylcholine, phosphatidylethanolamine. These are the phospholipids, quote, unquote, which are very long chain fatty acids. And then you can you can cut them and then you've got your 20 chain arachidonic acid.
0: Okay. So now you have after the snip snip you have a arachidonic acid floating around and it gets oxygenated which is what starts us down the path of inflammation.
1: Wait, it gets oxygenated. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you mean? You're talking like Robbie Bent here? It goes to a Robbie Bent seminar right. and it learns how breath to breathe work. correctly yes, and yes. then what do you mean oxygenated? What is that? What are you talking about?
0: It it adds oxygen. So you have these enzymes called lipoxygenase, cyclooxygenase and they add oxygen to the molecular structure,
1: lipoxygenase, mm-hmm. cyclooxygenase. I see. So, um, and some of that sounds familiar. Yeah, especially cyclooxygenase. Yeah, we think of the, right. W- right. We think of COX two inhibitors. Right. So now you're getting the connection here of where we're stopping this process in order to prevent inflammation. Right. That's where COX-2 inhibitors come from because we've got arachidonic acid freed as a response. And then in order to prevent it from metabolizing into these inflammatory mediators, we block the oxygenation, as you said, of cyclooxygenase so that it doesn't turn into what it's about to turn into, which is what?
0: Icosinoids. Things like prostaglandins, thromboxane, We got there. Leukotrienes, we got to the lipoxins. Icosinoids. Okay, yes.
1: Got it. Okay. So arachidonic acid, snip, snip,
0: oxygen. Cyclo-oxygen, blah, we've blah. got
1: Icosinoids. Okay. Awesome. So uh, our, w- w- let's talk about Icosinoids then. We made it. Ten minutes in. We've got to Icosinoids. <laughs> let's let's do this thing. I'm ready.
0: Well, you talked about COX, the cyclooxygenase pathway. There's another one called the lipo So there's locks and cocks. And locks is different than the cocks. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay, right. So, like, not to confuse people, we're talking about arachidonic acid going down two different pathways. Right, right. The the Cox pathway, which is where we think about Cox two inhibitors like NSAIDs, or the LOX pathway, as you just said. So, why don't we start with cyclooxygenase pathway and those eicosanoids? What is produced? How what is arachidonic acid turned into in that pathway?
0: Um, at the end, it becomes prostanoids, which are things like. Prostaglandins, prostacycline, thromboxane.
1: Yeah, and I hear those terms and I, there's a couple things that come to mind. There's Go one ahead. well, like having a baby. Uh what? Because prostaglandins, aren't they involved there in like in labor. They're very important in that process, are they not?
0: Are you saying labor is an inflammatory process?
1: I'm saying labor is a all kinds of process.
0: Fair. I haven't it's a great caught point.
1: both my kids. I am sort of a bona fide. Unofficial midwife, I think, at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, prostaglandins do help the cervix to dilate and contractions to occur, but that's not what we're talking about here.
1: Well, you got something against labor? Yeah. All right. Well, so the prostaglandins, for example, prostacyclin, prostaglandin E2, so these are involved in kind of vasoconstriction, vasodilation. Um, The thromboxanes are so named because we think about them with respect to platelets and platelet aggregation, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so... In general, you think of, and you hear these terms with respect to inflammation, but you also think like, ooh, that sounds kind of, you know, I, I want to limit that systemically right. as much as possible. Right. If we're talking about th- the potential of thrombosis and vasoconstriction, like not great.
0: Right, right. And then if you think about the eicosanoids that are formed in the lipoxygenase or the LOX pathway, those are things like leukotrienes or lipoxins. Well, of course. <laughs> right. You can't
1: forget the leukotrienes.
0: Correct, correct. And in fact, you were talking about the COX-2 inhibitors yeah. as we're relating to the to the COX pathway to make prostaglandins. There are a lot of asthmatic medications that block the leukotriene pathway right. sure. that are used. Things like monoleucast. And much like you were talking about the prostaglandins being involved in vasoconstriction and platelet aggregation, yeah, inflammation. Yeah, these yeah. are these are more active in the immune response, histamine, mm-hmm. mucus production.
1: Right, they decrease bronchoconstriction, which mm-hmm. is what makes them so handy. Yeah. Uh, from that, they affect mucus secretion, yeah. um, eosinophil migration. So maybe some uses there for IgE mediated processes. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting that from arachidonic acid you have these different possibilities. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got these different ways that we can act in the two different pathways, specifically COX-2 with our NZs. I mean, how common is NZ use, aspirin use, right? Correct. And speaking of aspirin use, one of the things that we use aspirin for in low dose is to actually inhibit the COX-2 pathway, um, and and to a certain extent COX-1 as well, for cardioprotective effects to reduce platelet aggregation and reduce the risk of clotting, right? Makes perfect sense. Right. So... Given the fact that we're in the field of functional precision health... We are. Let's talk about maybe some other ways that we can act on this pathway without doing the aspirin.
0: I see where you're going here. Are you talking about fish oil, like EPA?
1: It's a good place to start.
0: (laughs) Well, if you consider EPA is also a a 20-chained fatty acid and can make downstream eicosanoids first and foremost one of the downstream metabolites of epa is something called resolvin which is another eicosanoid that actually stops the inflammatory cascade and resolves it
1: so it's not just a clever name
0: Mm-mm.
1: well aside from that i'll have you know Go that ahead. omega-3 fatty acids also particularly epa um inhibit the cyclooxygenase enzymes themselves well, Isn't that handy thereby huh. reducing the production of prostaglandins, thereby affecting inflammation and all the things associated with it, including thrombogenesis. So um, that's a couple different mechanisms for how we arrive at the cardioprotective effects of fish oil.: So uh, speaking of fish oil, how okay. do you How do you feel about fish?: I love fish. You love fish. I do. You love to eat fish or you love to have fish.:
0: All of the above. Do you have fish? I do not. Okay. But I eat fish. You have fish. You don't
1: eat those fish, though. You eat other fish. Uh, you, they would not satisfy an appetite.
0: <laughs> How do you feel about fish?
1: Uh, as a meal, I'd take not it so or much. leave it. You really? know, I mean, because of um, mercury
0: or just in general, you don't just like in say... general. Huh.
1: The, I don't know. It's like
0: hmm.
1: but I I have this problem where when somebody says something taste bad and they refer to the thing that they're eating so for example with fish it's like yeah it's got a really fishy taste that's not a good connotation right (laughs) that's a bad connotation to say something tastes fishy or something smells fishy so Hmm. when when we when we use this term in a negative light it's kind of implying that the thing's naturally unappetizing isn't it i mean aren't we saying that it's like regardless i don't like fish because they taste fishy
0: Well, I'm saying it sounds as if you're advocating that we stop eating fish, and I will also say to you, people
1: are free to do whatever they would like to do.
0: The precursor to all of these eicosanoids are fatty acids, and there there are lots of food sources for fatty acids that don't have to be fish, Michael. So you can get it in other other ways, like red meat. (laughs) How how do you feel about like walnuts?
1: How do you feel about walnuts? Let's start. I don't
0: really like walnuts.
1: They're kind of bitter, right? Yeah. I mean, don't they're like good them. for, like, it's one of those things, like, I'd eat them, and I'd be like, these are really good for me, and that's about
0: it. <laughs> Macadamia nuts? Those are good. Those are excellent. Yeah, see? And there's flax, there's chia, there's all sure, kinds of all good foods. things. So do you eat those? Yeah, I eat those. Or do you just eat Starburst?
1: I just tell people I eat them.
0: You eat a lot of Starburst. I don't know what those are. Oh, see what happens Saved, there? you got saved. Yeah, I gave him the <laughs> wink. Thanks, Travis. Best one. It's not the the best one. It is the best one. You gotta go with the original. You gotta go with the original. It's the question
1: of the day. Okay. So the question that I have had just recently handed to me (laughs) slipped under the door from Travis Uh is when trying to evaluate fatty acids because Uh you're worried about, you know, is there the likelihood of moving towards pro-inflammatory eicosanoids or not, arachidonic acid, all those things. How should I be measuring these? How do I know what what this person's been doing with their diet?
0: Hmm. That's a really good question. And there's a lot of different ways people measure essential and metabolic fatty acids. Some people measure them in serum, which can be influenced pretty quickly by supplementation with fish oil or diet. So it's not the preferred way if you go into literature. Mm. On the NutriVal, we measure fatty acids in red blood cells. And if you're trying to see how much, for example, arachidonic acid was taken up into a phospholipid bilayer, it makes sense to be looking at a red blood cell because Mm -hmm. it would give you that 90 to 120 day look at their intake to see how much was incorporated into a red blood cell.
1: Okay, so by looking at the red blood cell, we're actually looking at that part that's incorporated into the lipid bilayer, like you said, which Mm -hmm. ultimately can be cleaved and turned into eicosanoids rather than the plasma or the serum, where stuff just kind of floats around a little bit.
0: Right, right. And furthermore, in literature, all the really important work that's been done around fatty acids are done in red blood cells, things like the omega-3 index, the Mm. work of of Harris and Von Schacki that... Have has become a very important cardiovascular risk factor, and to your point, as you exp- expressed earlier about EPA and and the reason it's an important cardiovascular risk marker is because it does inhibit that COX enzyme and it does make resolvins that decrease inflammation and atherogenesis.
1: Yeah, and we've spoke about this before, but the thing about the omega three index is that you're actually it's just a simple addition of the EPA and DHA, but it's very specific in this one circumstance or in this one light, which is it's done by weight percent. So it's how much percentage-wise is there DHA and EPA as it relates to the rest of the fatty acids. So it's not a concentration. It's not like there's this much of... EPA, you know, per milliliter or whatever. It's actually the percentage, the overall like a big pie chart. So, unless you're doing a test that looks at weight percent as their outcome, then you're not going to be able to effectively calculate the actual uh, omega-3 index.
0: That's such an important point. And actually, we get this email a lot from clients who get it measured at other labs or in other ways and they're looking for ways to convert it into the work of Dr. Harrison Vunchaki and the answer is that you can't. There right. is no conversion. Other labs? How dare they? I didn't know there were other labs.
1: Next time on The Lab Report, Dr. Pam Smith. Uh, Yep, we're going to talk about women's hormones and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. I mean, she basically paved the way of all of this.
0: You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. I have a bone to pick with you, sir. All right, go ahead. point of here. You just were ranting about how you don't eat fishy things and you don't like fish, but you and I have actually been out to have sushi many times. I've seen you eat it.
1: I love sushi.
0: Well, well, what was the whole rant about, I can't eat anything that smells fishy? Yeah, but
1: you know, sushi is not fishy. But it's fish. It's raw fish, which like, I I think a part of the fishy thing is like, the more it oxidizes, the fishier it gets. Right. Right, so raw fish typically, especially if it's super fresh, it's not fishy. And... Sushi is really about the texture more than the actual flavor. I mean, flavor is a component, but texture is a big part of it. So
0: I'm right. You eat fish. Raw fish. Okay, well, let's clarify walnuts. How do you feel about walnuts?
1: Terrible.